Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. The hospitality industry and the travel industry has been decimated by the COVID-19 pandemic, perhaps more than any other industry. This spans everything from the major hotel brands to individually owned short-term vacation rentals. There's no doubt that we're entering a second wave of infection across many countries. I know we're all tired of this. We want it to be over and for life to return to normal. On today's show, we're talking about a major change at Airbnb. They've introduced a new cleaning protocol that all hosts must agree to implement and certify in order to retain their listing as an active host. All hosts are required to agree to these COVID-19 practices by November 20th, and hosts who don't complete this requirement before the deadline might be unable to accept new reservations. The cleaning process is a five-step process, and Airbnb developed their cleaning protocol based on CDC guidance and in consultation with experts in the field of sanitation and medicine, such as Ecolab and Dr. Vivek Murthy, a former U.S. Surgeon General. They have two handbooks, one for regular Airbnb listings, this one's 36 pages in length, and a second one for hotels that's 41 pages long. The difference between the two handbooks has mostly to do with the common areas and the hotel check-in process. Where possible, hotels should implement contactless check-in, using electronic lock codes with a smartphone, check-ins using an app, and tap for payments. Now, you got to make sure guests know which services are available, such as room service, the gym, or the pool, which might be closed for protection of guests. Airbnb has prepared a bunch of helpful videos and detailed checklists for hosts to use every step of the way. I read through both handbooks, and I've got to tell you, I was fairly impressed by the thoroughness of the protocols they've recommended. I particularly like checklists. These checklists are similar to the types of checklists that we routinely have been using in our short-term rental business, but they're clearly much more focused on cleaning and sanitizing. They also include procedures for reducing the risk of cross-contamination. Now, if you're a regular listener to the show, you'll have heard last Saturday's show with Mr. John Cook from Service Master, and on that show, we touched on a few principles that the current pandemic environment requires. There's a lot of misconceptions about the use of antiseptic solutions. One of the biggest mistakes that people make is sanitizing before cleaning. That does nothing to stop the spread of viruses and bacteria. A surface needs to be cleaned first before it can be sanitized. That's a basic principle. I know this from my days when I used to brew beer and make wine. If the bottles were not sanitized, you'd end up with a bad bottle of beer or a bad bottle of wine. But before the bottle could be sanitized, it had to be 100% clean. There could be no mold residue on the bottle, no bits of food or organic matter. Using a sanitizer like a chlorine or a sulfate solution would not do its job unless the bottle was 100% clean first. These early lab experiments gave me an appreciation for what clean really means. And if I cut corners, I would have a bad bottle at the end. The microbes didn't care if I was in a rush. You see, there are just some processes that are pretty unforgiving when it comes to contamination. And if you've ever had a bad bottle of wine, it's because something wasn't clean before the wine got in the bottle. Or the cork didn't seal the bottle and something got into the bottle. And I don't care what the brand of wine is, if it's a $10 bottle or a $1,000 bottle, the microbes don't care. They don't care if it's a French wine or a California wine. Now here we are in the middle of a pandemic and those microbes don't care either. They don't care what passport you carry. We're in a war on clean, at least for the foreseeable future. 
Now, I've seen people take a single Lysol wipe and use it for about five minutes, wiping hand railings, light switches, doorknobs, without cleaning first. And if any of those surfaces were contaminated, then the cleaning staff just took the virus particles and spread them uniformly across multiple surfaces, rubbing them into the dirt and giving the virus a nice playground in which to multiply. When someone wipes a surface quickly, you don't achieve a long enough time for the disinfectant to remain in contact with the pathogen. This is called the dwell time. And dwell time, or the contact time, is the amount of time disinfectants need to remain wet on surfaces to properly disinfect. Dwell times vary by disinfectant and the target organism. They range anywhere from 30 seconds to 10 minutes or more. And for COVID-19, the common disinfectants that I reviewed have dwell times that range between 1 and 3 minutes. If the surface is warm, maybe it's been in the sun, it will dry long before 3 minutes are up. And 3 minutes is an incredibly long time. That's almost half of a Real Estate Espresso podcast episode. I know my podcasts are short, but I also know I don't want to spend that long cleaning. The choice of November 20th as the cutoff date for Airbnb hosts to comply with the new protocol is not an accident, in my opinion. November is traditionally a slower month in short-term rentals, especially in vacation short-term rentals. But we're coming up on the busy U.S. Thanksgiving weekend when people travel to visit family. Poorly cleaned short-term rentals could turn Thanksgiving into the super spreader holiday of the year. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.